It's time for ROTD Weekend. Okay, so I want to tell you, there are some exciting changes happening in my business on Cook the Story and The Cookful. I have decided to take on a lot more of the photography. It's been years since I regularly did the food photography on my sites. I used to really enjoy it, but it became stressful, like it's kind of time consuming, but I've been missing it and I want to get back in there and do it again. And so starting in the next month or so, I'm going to be doing most of the food photography for the websites. Yes, I am very nervous. It's just, you know, it's a little bit scary. Like, what if I'm not good at it? What if it's going to be worse? All of that kind of stuff is going on. I'm having that imposter syndrome sort of thing. But I think I can handle it. I'm pretty excited about it. And in getting prepared for it, I've been buying these different, like, props, different cooking items so that the things in my pictures look sort of fresh and nice and not old and scratched. You know what I mean? So what's really funny is when I recorded the interview for today, it was a couple of weeks ago. It was with Samantha Ferraro. That's who I'm talking with. And she has a book coming out in three days. It comes out on June 13th, and it is called One Pot Mediterranean 70 Plus Simple Recipes for Healthy and Flavorful Weeknight Cooking. And it's all one pot cooking, and it uses Dutch ovens. And in my conversation with Samantha, I say that I don't really have a Dutch oven. I don't really use one, and I'm asking her advice. Well, I took her advice, and I ended up getting this stunningly gorgeous, it's an enameled cast iron indigo blue six quart Dutch oven from Lodge. I will of course put a link to it in the show notes so you can see how gorgeous this thing is. And I have been loving it. I am obsessed with it. I'm using it like every day. It browns things so well and everything looks so pretty. I cannot wait to start taking pictures of it. You know, it's going to be that nice fresh blue on the outside and it's kind of like a tan beige inside. And when you cook in there, all those cooked colors, the darker browns and everything kind of end up on the edges. It looks so great. I'm so excited about it. I'm excited to take pictures of it. I'm excited for you to see it. And I'm very excited for you to hear my very timely conversation with Samantha Ferraro about her new book, One Pot Mediterranean, that is coming out in three days. Let's listen. Sam, welcome to the show. Yay, thank you for having me. I'm really excited. I'm excited to have you here. Your new book is coming out in just a few days. It is beautiful. Can you tell us what it's called? Tell us about it. Yes. So um, this is my second cookbook. It's called One Pot Mediterranean. And so far, it's slated to come out on June 13th. So any day, if everything goes right, most of us will have it in our hands on June 13th. Yeah. (laughs) And the book is basically what the title says. It's lots of really bright, fresh, wholesome Mediterranean recipes made in one pot. And um, I mean, I can go on and on about this. But when I was researching recipes and starting to brainstorm recipes, I was actually asking people about what they thought one pot meant. What is one pot to you? Is it okay if I make a sauce and something else? Or does everything have to be in one pot? And a lot of people said, oh, yeah, if you make a sauce while the, the main dish is cooking in one pot, that's fine. So some of the recipes might have an extra, you know, food processor attachment or bowl 
that you would make a sauce or some、mm-hmm. kind of accompaniment with it. But basically, when you are done with that recipe, you are having one pot that you can put on the table and everyone can enjoy. I love that, and you know, I can say that people probably know you from LittleFarrowKitchen.com, where you've been blogging for as long as me. Which you know, we're OG bloggers. It goes back. Yeah, we go way back. <laughs> so, so, and your photography is beautiful on the site, and、yeah. that is the same photography of the book. So, if they know your site, they know like they're getting a book full of stunning pictures and the. Thank you. The flavors are just like leaping off the page, you know. Thank you. That means a lot. Yeah, I love really bright, fresh colors and ingredients, and that's what I show on my website because I am showing literally a recipe that we are going to have for dinner right now. Like that's there's no like you know faking it out or anything like that. Like this is literally what we're going to eat.、Mm-hmm. I might put you know an extra sprinkle of parsley、mm-hmm. on top just to kind of freshen it up a little bit, but I would do that anyway. <laughs> You know, if I was eating for dinner, so、uh, thank you for saying that. So yeah, just lots of color and freshness, and just like really simple, bright ingredients. Yeah, I love it, and it's it's a lot of recipes. There's seventy five. It says seventy five recipes. Yeah, there there is, and we even had to cut some. So I I made a lot more, but I might put that on my website. But there are seventy ish recipes. I can probably count exactly, but I don't know the number off the top of my head. But there's、um, mostly one pot, and then there's a chapter at the end of salads. So kind、mm. of to make this a whole complete meal. Like if you had something like warm and comforting,、mm. but now you want like a really nice fresh salad to go、oh. with it. That's just really simple. Like in a salad, you know, nothing too crazy. Just like lots of fresh vegetables, olive、mm. oils, spices,、um, and then just like you know, mix usually just one bowl, and then you can just serve it with your one pot dinner. I saw an orange blossom vinaigrette that caught、oh, my、yes. mind, my eye. Yes, interesting. Okay, so orange blossom. If if your readers are not、uh, familiar with it, it's a very fragrant water. It's infused water. It's used in a lot of Mediterranean cooking,、mm. and usually you would see floral waters in desserts like baklava or some kind of semolina cake.、Mm-hmm. And a little goes a long way because sometimes people are like, "Oh no, it might taste like soap." Well, start small. You do like maybe. You know, half a teaspoon, and if you like it, guess what? You add a little bit more, and you just go from there. So we always have orange blossom water, we have rose water, but for that salad, there's a salad that has、uh, shaved fennel, which is another favorite vegetable,、mm-hmm. and fennel is very fresh and crisp and kind of like licoricey.、Mm-hmm. And I could talk about fennel all day because when you roast fennel, it's、yes. so sweet. Like when you roast it with chicken, oh my gosh! But when it's sliced like paper thin. With a mandolin, and you add it to a salad, it's just such a refreshing bite. So fennel, there's what else is in there? I probably have to look at my recipes. There's some citrus in there. I think I did pomegranate seeds,、mm. and did I do arugula because that's usually my go-to? And <laughs> and then the dressing is just a simple vinaigrette, but to enhance those citrus notes,、mm. a little orange blossom water just kind of pops. Yeah, and yeah, it just、yeah. kind of like wakes everything up. Like, ooh, what is this? I love, I love that you said that about starting with a little bit. I've met very many people in my life who, when I mention lavender as an ingredient. Are like, oh no, it tastes like perfume, and I'm, I'm like,、yes. it has to be like you can't even know it's there if you can smell it and be like, oh, there's lavender in here. There's too much. Like it's just、yes. this tiny, tiny. Thing. I agree. I was just talking about this with a friend, and she was also saying she's like, oh no, I always think that lavender tastes like soap, and you know, some people might, you know, with other things too, and that's、mm-hmm. fine. And if you don't like it, then then don't use it. But yes,、yeah, start small. And I always say that with new ingredients, if、uh, with something that you haven't tried before. 
before. Mm -hmm. If you're not familiar with it, start small and see how you like it. You can always add more. You just can't take it away. I, you know what? That's so funny. The first time that I saw anchovies used in like a pasta dish, it was like on a cooking show like 18 years ago. And I'd never had anchovies before. And for some reason, I decided I just had to make this whole pasta dish. And of course, I hated it. And now like years later, I use a little bit of anchovy or anchovy paste in all kinds of things just because it's really meaty and adds some umami. It's in like my secret salad dressing. But like that overkill, way too much new ingredient. That was a really, really bad idea. That's so funny that you said anchovy because I was the same way as well. And if you met my husband, Joe, you will always see him putting whole fillets of anchovies on his pizza and on his Caesar salad. And I don't like it that way. It's too overpowering. Mm -hmm. But when you melt it in olive oil with some garlic and the start of a pasta sauce, like a puttanesca pasta Mm -hmm. sauce, it just gives the most beautiful flavor. It's like salty and like savory and that umami, like you said. And it's just, I'm addicted. Oh, yeah. I just absolutely love when it's melted, but I won't bite into it. I, You know what? Now, like, this is a thing. Like, as you get used to things and I don't know, palates change as you get older too. But like now if I'm in like a fancy restaurant and there's a whole anchovy on the Caesar salad, like I'm like right in there gobbling oh, it up. Really? So I have evolved in that way. Oh, yes, but yes. like starting out, no, no, no. Okay. I want to make sure we talk about the things I okay. really need to know about from this book. So a little bit, you talk about the different kinds of Dutch ovens that you prefer for different recipes. And I am not a Dutch oven expert of any kind. I don't know. I, I don't even, I have a pot that I call a Dutch yeah. oven because I use it when recipes call for Dutch ovens, but it's not really Dutch oven. So tell me the differences and when you choose one over the other. Sure. So I have a few Dutch ovens in my kitchen and I always seem to gravitate towards the same sizes. So the Dutch ovens I have are really heavy for their size. They are enameled. So they have that kind of like that smoother coating. So it's really good for browning. Mm -hmm. And they all have a tight fitting lid because we want to put it in the oven and make sure everything kind of braises or cooks really well and all that moisture locks in. Mm -hmm. And different sizes for me, are better for different recipes. So for instance, I have a Dutch oven called a brazer, which is one of those wide ones. Actually, if you saw the cover of my cookbook, but it's wide and shallow. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And something like that is really good for braising such as short ribs or lamb shank or even a chicken and rice dish like I have on the cover. Because what happens is when you're searing that meat, you're letting all that moisture kind of evaporate so you get really nice deep color on that protein. So that's why I like that size Mm -hmm. and shape for dishes like that. But also, even though it's shallow, there's enough room to add a few cups of liquid. So for instance, on the cover page, I have kind of like a Greek inspired chicken and rice. There's like vegetables and chicken and rice. And there's enough room to put the rice and the chicken and the liquid and everything to cook at the same time. So it comes out perfectly cooked. Mm-hmm. And I also have um, another size. It's a, oh my, it's a beast. <laughs> It's like this giant, like oval, deep pot. I think it's like, I don't even know, like seven or eight quarts. I got it years ago. It was a pricey investment, mm-hmm. but I use it all the time. And for that one, that's when I take my big hunks of meat. So I have a recipe in the book for like chicken quarters, which is when you have the thigh and the leg attached. And it is such a delicious cut of chicken. If you one of my haven't had that cut, it is 
if you like dark meat, mm. it's juicy. It has lots of skin, so you can get that nice sear, lots of surface area. Have you had yeah. it in the air fryer? I know that's not your cookbook, but have you no, tried? No, I don't have an oh air fryer. Oh. I know. People ask me about it. People ask me about an air fryer. <laughs> Maybe we can talk about it after. But. Yeah, no, no, no. You're good. I just love anything that is going to crisp up the skin on the chicken leg quarters. Well, I have a, so a convection happy. oven also. Oh, oh yeah. That's going to do it. That's not so, what an air fryer if, if, is. Yeah. And if readers aren't or listeners aren't familiar, convection kind of circulates the air mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the oven, which is, I think, similar to an air fryer yeah, does. So, an air fryer is just yeah. – I say that it's uh, it's like a toaster oven with a better seal and a convection oven, uh, convection yeah. fan inside of it. That's basically what it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, you know, for me, you know, even though it's just my husband and I cooking for us – Mm-hmm. I don't know how to cook for two people. Like I'm always cooking for like, you know what I'm saying? Like I always have leftovers. So I think having an air fryer is a little limiting for me you want because I want the pots. Like I want yeah. the Dutch oven and add stuff to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, but I, I hear people you. people love the air fryer. Yeah, no, I'm obsessed. Okay, chicken leg quarters, you do that in that big. Yeah, so I do that big, in that big boy um, Dutch oven. It's like eight or nine quarts. I don't even know. It's oval. It's deep. There's a lot of surface area. And because the chicken pieces are so large, that pot can handle the searing of that. It, it's not going to overcrowd all the vegetables. And then I add lentils and other vegetables and liquid. And it also has a tight fitting lid. So it's just a really good size. Like if you were to make, um, well, something I make every holiday season is a big batch of meatballs, like meatballs and sauce. Sausage. Mm-hmm. It's not in my book, but it's on my website. <laughs> I do meatball, sausage, marinara, and it can hold all of that. Like yeah. it's a big, you know, so if you're cooking for a big family or you want to make a batch of soups or stews, like you get a big, big one. And then I also have a smaller um, Dutch oven, more like a pot size, like a soup pot size. Mm-hmm. And that's really good for soup. So there's not a lot of surface area on the bottom, you know, of the pot, I mean, it's good for sauteing maybe vegetables or onions to like get it started, but that's really meant for soup. So, mm-hmm. you know, lots of liquid, lots of simmering. You want to lock in that moisture mm-hmm. to keep it nice and, you know, soupy. And um, those are the three sizes I kind of go gotcha. towards. I usually. love that. Yeah. I, I don't even really have one. You don't have an air fryer. I don't really have a Dutch know, oven. Okay. We'll have to like switch <laughs> We'll just something. swap. Yeah. There you go. So, okay. I want to know what does Mediterranean food mean to you? Like, what what ingredients or style like what's going on when you say Mediterranean? So I mean, with my background, I I grew up with a lot of these flavors. My mom's side is Sephardic, so they are Jews that have come from Turkey and Spain. So all of these flavors kind of I, I naturally gravitate towards. But when I want to tell someone about Mediterranean cooking, and this is on my website or my book, I want it to be approachable. It's all about fresh produce, lots of fresh herbs, citrus, olive oil, and maybe like a library of spices mm. where you can kind of grab a handful of these, you know, kind of mix and match spices and make something absolutely delicious. So there's lots of warm spices. There's cumin and smoked paprika. Maybe there's something brighter like sumac. Maybe you have something mm-hmm. called zatar that you can put on just about anything. Mm-hmm. And I always have lots of produce on hand. So I always have fennel like we talked about. Mm-hmm. I actually have a fennel in my fridge I need to use that I can use for different things. There's always citrus. So lots of lemons and orange and lime and sometimes grapefruit, whatever's in season, even blood mm-hmm. orange. Mm-hmm. And I always have fresh herbs. So I have plants, several plants of mint. Actually, my mint plant is going nuts right now. I As need to mint does, right? 
<laughs> and parsley and cilantro and sometimes tarragon, which is kind of rare, but I want to get into it more. And, and fresh dill and oregano. And I mean, I can go on and on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lovely. And do you do a lot of fish and more chicken, meats? What What are your protein staples? You know, I live in the Pacific Northwest, so I am very lucky to be surrounded by wild caught, gorgeous seafood, especially mm-hmm. salmon. So we eat a lot of salmon in our house, lots of beautiful wild salmon. And a chicken, um, even beef. I like beef if I'm really craving like a, something savory, like a hearty beef stew. Um, there's a dish I kind of talk about in my book, but it's more of my first book called Fasulia. Mm. And it's a, a Turkish stew. And my mom would make it really simply. It's a green bean stew with beef and it's tomato based. So if I'm craving something savory, I'll make something like that. But I, our go-to is uh, salmon and chicken. I just keep it really simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll put like herbs and citrus on the salmon and roast it for 10 minutes with some olive oil and then serve it with like a, like a rice pilaf or something like that. And with chicken, I mean, I do a lot of different things. I'll just marinate it in like a, a really robust mixture of spices and olive oil and lemon zest and lemon juice and roast it or grill it or pan fry it. And I just call it a day. <laughs> do you have, do you have um, one pot seafood dishes in the cookbook? I do. Yes, I do. So there is a whole chapter. I'm going to kind of like go through my book as we chat. So one of um, the recipes I just turned to and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so good, is uh, a paprika rice with shrimp, zucchini and olives. So I was kind of channeling a little bit of a uh, Mm paella-ish. So, you know, shrimp cooks very quickly. Mm -hmm. So with one pot cooking, the rice is going to take longer. So you want to get the rice in there and aromatics and you want to make sure the rice is cooked. And then you just really want to finish it off with the shrimp. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you're just kind of poaching the shrimp. I mean, there's different ways you can do it. You can cook the shrimp first, take it out, and then do the longer cooking things, or just add the shrimp right on top and just let that residual heat yes. last like few minutes. So you don't want to overcook the shrimp because yeah, so rubbery shrimp is, is no fun. But this uh, recipe has casserole trano olives and warm paprika. Mm. And it's just a really delicious and I would say a really good introductory recipe. If someone's like, oh, I don't know where to start, I would say start there. Mm-hmm. And then I have another shrimp one that's more like Greek inspired. So there's lots mm. of feta cheese and tomatoes and mm. olives and a red you know, and that one, oh my gosh, that was so good. And I have, I did a lot of shrimp recipes, didn't I? I have another <laughs> shrimp recipe with orzo and asparagus, which is actually really nice because asparagus is kind of in still in season mm-hmm. by the time this episode comes out. Mm-hmm. And I have, I'll talk about one more seafood dish. Okay. Um, there's a Moroccan poached fish kind of like a fish stew. Mm. And I just take some simple like uh, white fish, whatever you have, you know, available to you. And I simmer it with uh, peppers and chickpeas and a tomato based sauce and warm spices. And this is such a good recipe to like get some crusty bread and just kind of like get in there and just like dip all that delicious smoky tomato sauce. Like I kind of want it right now. Sounds so good. <laughs> I, I, lo- I love having some bread with the broth that fish was cooked in. Oh, yeah. Garlic oh. tomato flavor is so good. Well, this is amazing. I am actually really excited about this book in terms of like meal planning. I feel like I quite often when I'm jotting down like a meal plan for the week, I'll put like, you know, like I'll add in some one pot or one pan things in there because I know that I can, but like I run out of ideas. So this is just going to be great for a really good idea. Flip the book open and choose my one pot Tuesday dinner or whatever day. So yeah, I'm super excited. This comes out June 13th, everybody. One pot Mediterranean 
Mediterranean by Samantha Ferrero. Can you let people know, in addition to where they can get your book, where they can find you online? Yes, you can find me everywhere. My website is called littleferrarokitchen.com and you'll see recipes from all over the world and where um, I used to live also. So not only Mediterranean recipes, but Jewish recipes and Hawaiian recipes and Mexican and Italian recipes. Mm -hmm. And I'm also all over social media. I'm on um, Instagram at Ferraro Kitchen. I'm on Facebook at The Little Ferraro Kitchen. I'm on TikTok at Ferraro Kitchen. Fantastic. Well, congratulations. <laughs> It's so exciting. Thank you. This is so much fun. So definitely go and pre-order Samantha's book, One Pot Mediterranean, and stay tuned for my food photos using my own One Pot Dutch oven. It's so pretty. I can't wait for you to see it. So with the change to things and me taking on more of the photography, we've shaken things up. I think some of the stuff that I've been saying was going to go up on the websites has been kind of slowed down as we've been rearranging a little bit. So if you were looking for something and you're not seeing it, I do apologize, but I promise it will be there soon. And as I get ready to start taking those pictures and my kids are home for the summer and I'm doing a little traveling, I've kind of slowed down the test kitchen. We're not doing as much in there. So I'm not really going to update you on what's happening there this week. I can tell you that things are heating up with our videos on social media on Facebook, Instagram Reels, and on TikTok. I am Cook the Story on all of those places. And you know, I have to say, I know people talk about this all the time with social media, that people are like mean and they say weird, rude things. I have to stop reading the comments. People are really, really strange. So like I have this one video where I'm showing you how to take the skin off of chicken drumsticks. People are really upset about this, that I'm taking the skin off the best part that and I'm just like, well, sometimes you don't want the skin. Like if you're doing a pulled chicken sandwich, you don't want skin in there. Or if you're watching your weight or your health and you don't want to eat the fat from the skin, like there's lots of reasons. So I'm just like, okay, move along. So there's those people. And then there's just people who are like, I already know this. Why are you wasting my time? Like this kind of thing. And I'm like, well, why are you so upset? It's really, really funny. Uh, I am reading the comments, but I try to not like get upset by them because people are really upset by things. Oh, I have one video that went up recently. It's my best burger tips. I'm so thrilled with this. I really think they are the greatest tips. But at one point, I show the burgers being cooked in a frying pan. And somebody's like, you know, using a frying pan for burgers, I'm not watching anymore or something. And I'm like, yeah, it's nice to use the grill all year, but you can't always. And also, like, most restaurants don't have that kind of, like, grill. They're doing, like, a flat top grill back there, right? Which is essentially, like, a big frying pan. Anyways, it's just lots and lots of weird anger. I am still enjoying making the videos, and I like seeing when people like them. I'm trying to not pay attention to the negative comments. I, I guess more than anything, I'm kind of intrigued about like, who are the people who need to say, I knew this already, you're wasting my time or like any of that kind of thing. I'm just like, I don't understand what is happening in people's brains and maybe they need to get off of social media, which is not what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to get on social media and make sure that you're following me, Cook the Story, on Instagram, Facebook, and on TikTok, because we do have a lot of great videos videos coming up. So if you go and check out those places, you will see that the how to brine chicken breast video is there. There's an instant pot pork loin. Oh, that one is so brilliant. That has my like best ever instant pot hack in there to make sure that none of your roasts are ever overcooked or undercooked in the instant pot. It blew my mind when I figured this out and I use this all the time. So you need to check that out. My quick in a pinch hummus dressing is up. You can see that. 
and my favorite use for pickle brine, like store-bought pickles. Once you're done eating the pickles, what do you do with the brine? So that is all up there. And then coming up soon, I have a tomato paste hack, a recipe for an easy hamburger dip, uh, how to fry ground beef in the air fryer so it gets all crumbly and delicious. There is a hack for getting extra cheese into a chicken breast when you're stuffing it. And oh, coming very soon is my best air fryer crispy salmon trick. This is just just like so, so great. It makes like salmon bacon out of the skin every single time. Unbelievable. So definitely make sure you're following me on social media. We've been making these videos, filming them. They're being edited and put together. I do voiceovers for them. It's, it's just a blast and I'm really excited for you to see those. So make sure that you are following in those places, cook the story, and you'll see all those videos coming out and while I am not cooking a ton right now as I do these videos and get ready to take on the photography, there is still this show to look forward to every single day. Don't worry, I have lots of recipes coming your way. So much good stuff. Tomorrow, I have a wonderful side dish that uses fresh corn on the cob because tomorrow is National Corn on the Cob Day. Who knew, right? The day after is Falafel Day. Yes, there's a Falafel Day as well, and we're doing something with falafel. I have a wonderful Taco Tuesday recipe for you. You're going to love that. There is a chicken burger this week. And then we have a new sponsor for the podcast. Our new sponsor is Sina C. They ship delicious seafood straight from Alaska to your door. I just got a box full of this wonderful seafood. It is so delicious. And I actually spoke to one of the owners, Sina, last week. We talked all about their fishing company and her favorite ways to eat Alaskan seafood. So we had that conversation uh, last week, and it's going to be going live on this show next weekend. So there's going to be some wonderful fish seafood recipes around that date. And then my conversation with Sina Wheeler from Sina Sea is next Saturday. So much great information. I love when we get to have the actual like producers and people who are like growing, hunting, fishing, creating that food for us. I just think it's amazing to hear from them. So I know you're going to love my conversation with Sina next week. And with that, that is our show for today. Thank you so much to Samantha Ferraro for being an amazing guest. Don't forget to go and pre-order her cookbook. It's out in three days, One Pot Mediterranean. And check out that Dutch oven that I got to. It is so gorgeous. Make sure you are subscribed to this podcast, Recipe of the Day, wherever you listen to podcasts. And then you will see all the delicious things that I've been talking about. You're going to love that corn side dish tomorrow. I cannot say enough good things about this. And make sure you're following me on social media, TikTok, Instagram, and on Facebook to see all those amazing hacks and videos we have coming your way. I am Cook the Story there. I'm Christy Pittman from cookthestory.com, thecookful.com, the all-new chicken cookbook, and from this podcast, Recipe of the Day, let's get cooking.